0: Check out a Great Dane, a Bulldog, and a Chihuahua. They seem to have little in common besides a bark and a desire to be with their humans. With the amazing variety of dogs today, it's almost hard to believe that they're all descended from one animal thousands of years ago. Bob Ryder from Positive Transformations says, Look to the old world for the beginnings of domesticated
1: dogs. Europe and Asia are the best places to think about the evolution that took place that changed gray wolves into the variety of animals that we now know as household companion dogs. Somewhere around 12,000 to 15,000 years ago, there were genetic variations in gray wolves that allowed some members of the families or the local populations to feel more comfortable around proto human civilization. So the hunter-gatherers that were our ancestors would be, you know, going about their routines with gathering food and meeting their needs, and there would always be some extras lying around, and the wolves that were genetically predisposed to be less shy could sustain their living by getting close enough to the human camps to pick up some of those scraps. And over the course of thousands of years, it became clear to proto-humans that having the wolves around enhanced their opportunity to survive as well. So we kind of co-evolved together over the last 10, 12, 15,000 years to need each other and to, to take care of each other as we go along.
0: Dogs not only made themselves at home, they made themselves useful.
1: As the evolution Proceed, and, as humans became more and more successful and more populous on the planet, there were more behaviors that dogs could offer that became useful to have around, for example, helping in hunting dogs that could go and sniff and locate where potential prey were would have been very handy, animals that could chase down and help kill quarry that humans might like hunt. a wolfhound wolfhound sighthounds prototypes of wolfhounds or greyhounds or sighthounds would have been some of the most useful early canine prototypes.
0: Ryder says there's a thin furry line that separates our modern canines from their ancestor.
1: 99.96% of the genome between a dog and a gray wolf is exactly the same. So that 0.04% is such an important part of the shape and the behavior and the the overall well-being of of the animal that's learned to, to fit into human society.
0: But the dog isn't finished evolving, not by a long shot. As we learned how to control the breeding of dogs for specific purposes, we began breeding for other reasons too.
1: Up until maybe the middle or the late part of the 19th century, canine genetics evolved and were maintained almost entirely for the usefulness of their behaviors in hunting or farming or guarding livestock, for example. There were a few occasions of dogs who existed primarily to be pet companion animals, but mostly for the rich. There might have been some companionship aspect to dogs whose sole purpose was to protect the flock, but that would have been incidental. That changed somewhere as we got into the 20th and now the 21st century. So mostly breeding occurs now for breed standards. We're we're really interested in the appearance of the dog, and there's just a myriad of health problems that go along with that. So the standard for, say, a golden retriever is to have an appearance that just that's just so when it stands upright, the shape of its shoulders, its rump, how it carries its tail are all what breed enthusiasts are looking for. But that opens up dogs to a wide variety of physiological problems and predisposition to different diseases that really affect their quality of life.
0: Some health problems that can plague purebreds include joint and bone disorders, skin, immune system and neurological diseases, even epilepsy. Bulldogs, for example, are bred to have a flat face, which can lead to breathing problems. Responsible breeders try to select for health when breeding purebreds, though it takes a careful hand and a wish for what's best for the animal. What about the future of dogs? Are we done tinkering with man's best friend?
1: We really look to meeting our own needs and preferences, some of which can be functional and some of which are are just purely cosmetic and, and with, with very, this is the, the key point in my mind, with very little consideration to the overall quality of life and long-term well-being of the individual dog and the breed itself. Hopefully... Where they're going can be influenced by our willingness and ability to be educated about their well-being and to become less interested and insistent upon breeding only for appearance. And we can we can just allow ourselves to go back to loving the mutt, loving the, the dog who's got lots of different contributions to its genetic makeup, lots of variety and, and much more resistant to illnesses and injuries that purebreds are so plagued by.
0: If a true mutt could fit into your life right now, give the Animal House Pet of the Week a look. It's Luna, a -a one-and-a-half-year-old pit bull mix. Luna's a single mama of nine, all of whom have been adopted out. Now she's looking for her forever home. Luna loves toys, squeaky balls, squeaky bones, squeaky squirrel. They're all good. Looking for a cuddle? Luna's an expert. She also has plenty of kisses to share with anyone... Willing to share a laugh with her. Get to know Luna at the Humane Society of Central Illinois. I'm Laura Kennedy.